is it too early to do a live? Is it too early to have Benjicon? Is it too early or too late to try to get my picture straight and my orientation here online? All right, we'll go with this setup for today. Benjicon 2021, welcome to have you. This is my early morning edition, uh, 10 a.m., not terribly early, but early for me to be doing these types of things. I am going to be joined with Fern the Camper, uh, AKA Holly Stacy, whichever way you want to do it. And she's going to be jumping in here because she's the early bird and she's got me up. Let me go ahead and get her on right now. On 2021, I love it. Author, writer, tree hugger. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm so good, so good. So okay, you got your you're doing it from inside firm. The I am, yeah. So give you a little view of my camper. It is untidy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little one's bed has most of the stuff on it. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right, so we'll get into we'll get into who slash what Fern the camper is in a second, um, and how that matches up. But uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. And how are you doing? I am doing excellent. I was wondering how I'd feel doing an early morning live because usually I process all my thoughts throughout the day, and at the towards the end, the evening, that's when I jump in and go live. But now I've got a fresher mind earlier in the morning, and I'm like, you know what? There is something to this early morning radio talking thing that's just, I might like this. <laughs> it's a different approach. <laughs> totally, totally. So um, real quick, I just want to know, what do you, you I, I'm, I'm here talking to artists, designers, developers, and creative types in general. And that's my whole vibe of what I've been doing with these Instagram lives. And I want to know what do you consider yourself? I didn't know exactly how to how to brand you or whatever, but what I, do you call I, yourself? I have problems branding myself. It's, it's, I think this is as a creator, this is my biggest challenge because my background is in archaeology, but I've always loved art. I've always been a writer. I have about five different genres of books that I write, and some of that is also nonfiction. Um, even within the writing world, everyone wants to niche me. It's like, are you young adult fiction? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> you a historical novelist? Sometimes. Are you a murder mystery writer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, of course, I do YouTube with camping and adventure and, and you know, product reviews for, for things that you would take camping with you. And my writer group is very separate from my camping group, which is mm -hmm. very my history and archaeology group <laughs> it's um it's really difficult to figure out what i am and what i do uh i think other people just like to throw labels um mm -hmm. that makes them feel comfortable they're like oh you're a dot 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 fill in the blank and i'll be like sure sure yeah i'm, I'm that yeah. um so yes labeling myself i find very difficult um I guess I'm just me. <laughs> that's that, and that's awesome, and that's all you need to be. Um, I'm I'm glad to have it. We have uh, Marcella loves uh, says hi. Um, Jordan Hargrove says hi. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, 
we um we met uh and i'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of focus on your writing and we can move on to the other other business in a little bit but usually i go and find creatives and i'm like that person's a creative i need to go talk to them let me find out what they're up to and you know we can go at it you actually found me out which was interesting for me and ironically, I I did have some of my books for sale um, at that art fair, but mostly I was selling my handmade silver jewelry. So that's mm -hmm. another thing that I, but yes, you had your one painting up, mm -hmm. the self-portrait, and I'm like, that is cool. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot of, of uh, brass to just have a whole stall with one painting, so I'm like, yeah. That was a that was that was pretty fun. Um, I, I I do remember that I uh, I had that painting, um, and you know you pay money for these stalls and you know the table space and everything, and you know people plan and you're inviting all these people to come out and see you and interact and whatnot. And I was like, you know what? I really want to do something different. I'm going to go pretty bare bones have that one little painting on the table and hopefully it'll, it'll elicit a, re a reaction from somebody. And yeah, you know, so we, we met and, you know, we talked and it was great. Um, but you were doing, you were on a little bit of a recruiting drive of some sort. So. Oh yeah. I think I also just become a realtor and I also had some, by the way, not a realtor anymore. That was three years I will never get back of my life. <laughs> Where it could have been spent writing or, or producing films. Instead, I was door knocking and handing out flyers with, you know, white key smile. Uh, yeah, so that, that was, I apologize. I apologize for my realtor time. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yes, um, that's when I met um, our friend Keith and his mm -hmm. wife came up and picked up my book, The Fairy Conspiracies, and yes. said, Keith was like, I am an aspiring writer. Can you tell me more about your, your book? And I'm like, of course, but I just met Mr. Bencha over there, and he's a writer, too, and he has flash fiction. Um, and that kind of started our little writers group, which was which was pretty fun. But... I had my I had my business card here. I was looking for it. Uh, I actually remember the one that I gave you, the super short story, um, to go along with the singular painting. But yeah, so so you uh, that was um, me, and that was Keith. And then where did Chinnery come in at? Chinnery um, had been my friend for a while, and okay. was writing, and she was kind of writing on her own. So I said, you know, come and come and join us if you have time. Um, we meet at this time. No one else can meet at this time, but if you can, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, then she started bringing her stories in, which I think out of all the writers group I've I've been in, that was the most perfectly balanced. Mm. Um, just the four of us and everyone had a different perspective. Everyone had a different genre and it just worked. I've yeah. never like that before or since. So, yeah. <laughs> now, with is that the first one you'd started? Uh, no, no, okay. I didn't. Part one when I was in England, um, and the, we had like three or four people trickle in, and then they kind of trickled out. Um, 
and then I ended up just meeting up with only one person who who wrote for a paleontological magazine. He was their dinosaur specialist, I think for like the Jurassic era only. So he would he would write just one article a year and that was his that was his job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you didn't just Okay, so you didn't just start writing. You actually worked as a, with a publisher or as a publisher in England. Yes, I, I have a small publishing house called Wyvern okay. Publishing. Um, and that was publishing a young adult fiction, specifically with an urban folklore uh, tint. And then something weird happened. After I started my company and we had more and more writers come and more publications, an American company called Wyvern Publications created using almost the exactly the same like catchphrase and similar wording mm. for Vanity Publisher. So when I started getting emails from authors, parents usually, because it would tend to be kids saying, I'm looking for my daughter's book. You published her. I'm like, no, I've never heard of your daughter before. Um, it turned out it was a U.S. copycat fun <laughs> so you know at that point i'm like you know what i can hire a lawyer or it's just going to be like so much energy wasted and lost and i'm just gonna yeah. fiddle away i think i'm done with this and yeah that was okay. the end of that okay so let me back up a little bit even further how did you get started on this creative path? Uh, you said you were into archaeology and suddenly you jumped into the creative vein what were you creating before while you were studying archaeology and or were you in archaeology and then said i'm going to make a break for it how did that happen okay so um always wrote stories as mm -hmm. soon as i could write as a child i would pick up the pen and write stories um always creating things always writing things down i think my first book um beginning middle end book i wrote in fifth grade and uh, don't 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 look impressed because it was a total knockoff of the Little Prince. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, why did I just do that? But in my head, it was all new and exciting. Um, but at the same time, I always wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to be in the dirt. I wanted to be digging up some wonderful things, making creations on the side, but also having a hand in discoveries on the human's ancient past. Um, and I really liked Indiana Jones, so I won't, <laughs> I won't lie. I was swayed a little bit by, you know, the hat and the whip and the sh <laughs> No, 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 that's fiction. <laughs> but no, writing has always happened. So when I was excavating, when I was working at different museums or working in different fields, um, I mean, fields as in literally on the field, digging up uh, in the dirt, uh, there was always writing going on as well. But nothing seriously um, attempted to be published until I was kind of between archaeology jobs. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start again at writing a novel. And I was waiting for my bus in a small place called Coggeshall in the UK. And this huge black cat walks by with these huge green eyes. I mean, cats are pretty awesome anyway, but this one like stopped in the middle of the road, looked over at me, stared at me, and I'm like, ah, story. Boom. I, I walked into it's a small little uh, corner shop called. Oh, it's not a small chain. It was a small version of WH w. Smith. Um, mm -hmm. And I grabbed a, uh, like, a, like a notepad and a pencil. And I'm like, okay, right. And I just took me 
about two years and I got a nice 30,000 word novel, um, which is still unpublished. <laughs> But it really kick-started writing again as a more serious prospect. And after I finished that book, I moved on to The Fairy Conspiracies, which was my first published book. And that one did win an award as a self-published book. So that was that was fun. <laughs> so, okay, you now you self-published. Um, and at some point, you, you start the company and do your thing. Um, how does that, how do you jump over to... And, and at some point you moved to America. Um, did you say, did you want to continue what you were doing, try something new, uh, fresh start? How, what, what happened when you uh, came over and then where did you pick up? So the transition back to the U.S., because this is where I started. Um, okay. I already uh, two novels into my murder mystery series, which is set in the Tudor era. Um and I was very much still in research, ancient history, not quite ancient, but Tudor history mode. And I knew I had to finish drafting that next book and I knew I needed to edit that book. So I was very much still in my, even my, my, my spelling and my grammar was, was the UK style, English style. And there was no transition of, of, of like genre at that point. I was like very much in the Tudor era and it wasn't going to shift just because I moved countries and just because I was studying to be a realtor because I had a little bit of a brain fart and I thought that that would actually be able to produce enough income that I could write full time and not be stressed about not bringing income in through writing. Um, words out, people, do not try to be a realtor. <laughs> it, is, it, it will suck the life and soul out of you. Uh, any creativity will just be sucked away by the MLS and it's evil, in my opinion. Um, so I finished um, writing my next Tudor murder mystery. And then what happened after that? I stopped writing for a couple of years because I was putting all of my effort into being a vampire, I mean, realtor. Oh. And yeah, I was still doing some jewelry selling, uh, which is where we met. That's because my sister and my mom were, were having um, tents up and they were, my mom was selling her fine art. My sister was selling her mosaics. So I'm like, ah, I'll bring some of my books and a realtor card. <laughs> so you're you're in a creative family. You grew up around creatives, and you all kind of, I guess, uh, you know, worked off of each other's energy, right? No, um, no, very much the opposite. Um, I think when you have a a creative family, there's always a lot of um, intimidation, I, at least in my perspective. So my sister had my mom's like ability. She had like that artistic eye. She could pick up any art she wanted and it would look like she'd been doing it her entire life. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I won't try that. Uh, it won't be as good. Or, or um, I might try something and I'm like, oh, well, hide it. You don't want to see this. It's, it's embarrassing. Um, so I used to sketch and draw as a child. And, you know, my, my mom encouraged that but then my notebook just disappeared one day and I didn't pick up a pencil to draw anything for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. But so it's hard to explain. So yes, the art was around us all the time, but I think I felt very intimidated by it. If that helps. So, yeah, that helps. That helps. Definitely. Um, 
but even though you were intimidated by it, you obviously kept doing it. You obviously kept creating. So what does creativity do for you? Um, you've, you've jumped into uh, a, a lot of different things and a lot of people don't have the courage to do that and they don't have the ability to kind of switch modes. So with your, what, what does creativity mean to you and how does it, how does it keep you going basically? I think creativity is very much just a self-expression. It is like your heart and soul being formed into something more tangible that you can share, um, but also that you can reflect upon. So it, it, I think it's very much just a way of an individual's finding their place through their creative process. It's just the way, in my opinion, how humans um, process the world. You know, it's like they don't want to see things black and white, then they're going to color them in all sorts of paints makes more sense to them, then that's how it's going to work. So if you have really vivid, vivid dreams of perhaps like flying, or if you dream of like these giant were creatures coming and saying, hey, join our tribe, it doesn't feel right to pretend that only happens while you're dreaming. Why not paint it or write a story about it or really develop it into something deeper? Okay. At a bus stop and you see five other people that look really bored and you're really bored you're like huh that guy over there he's checking his texts i wonder what and oh his face his face he just got something good i wonder what that was oh i'm gonna write that down i'm gonna make up something really awesome that he just discovered and then i'm gonna make up oh, oh he's actually not human he's actually part fairy okay ho, 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 ho. um and it just makes life more interesting i think no, I, I think so, too. Um, and you, you know that I also like to get models from the real world or my experiences or my interpretations of something. And I'll take those and kind of mix them into what's what's happening in my stories and, you know, my little adventures, my art or whatever. And when I when I talk to you and I think our, our styles are different, but I was. I was really happy to find out that our our methods, our ways of thinking through a lot of these things were very similar. And I was like, oh, wow, we have this is a, you're an awesome creative spirit. And, you know, I mean, we've been doing little talks like this. We haven't been recording them, but we've been doing talks like this since we met because of that. Um, are these and I know you put the group together. So how long have you always been like uh community creating or creating with other people in mind or you yeah. know what I mean collaborations I mean it's, it's like very much yes and no I'm I am um naturally quite shy even though I, I don't come across that way I'm very much um not willing to share my work um but then feeling like I need someone else's voice with it so I do like the idea of a community and I do like the idea of everyone supporting everyone else. I think, I think you can go farther as an artist that way, but it's, um, it's a very, very odd thing to explain. <laughs> I think, I think my, um, my soul is very much your character, the old man on the mountain. I don't want to communicate with other people. I want to be alone in a cave where there's no other humans around me. And yet I, still need that spark that I get from other humans and I get that most from a community of creators. I see. Um, so speaking of communities of creators, um, 
also uh, thanks for uh, shouting out uh, Caravan's Paradise, Omar Ortega, and uh, Cece Voss. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining in. Um, speaking of communities of creators, now that we're in this new era with the internet, the connectivity, the um, social media, et cetera, et cetera, what is, how, how has that changed your process or your outlook on things? I mean, because it, it's it's heavy and there's a lot of it. There is a lot. Um, I won't lie. There's times when I get totally overwhelmed by it. And I just have to turn everything off and focus on either writing a story or exploring something with paints. And I'm like, I'm not doing social media. My daughter's like, Mom, Mom, have you looked at Instagram today? I'm like, no, don't even say it. I'm going to explode. No, I'm done checking Facebook. I'm done checking this. I'm done checking that. Just give me a week of pure solitude. And then I get my head in the right place. And I'm like, okay. These are the best tools possible for creating um, good communication with other people, with meeting some really incredible people, um, and also for getting your work out there. It's just that I think each like app, each application, each, each platform wants 100% of you, and they don't want to share. And I feel like the pressure of that coming, oh, I got I to gotta respond to that immediately, or they'll think I'm rude. Um, I got to stop. I'm like, okay, step away every so often. Yeah. Yep. Just write a story, come back fresh, and then you won't be as overwhelmed. Yeah, you got to breathe in, breathe out. And um, I, I want to ask you a question then. If, uh, and everyone in the, in the comments, if you'd like, you can ask, ask, answer this as well. What's your favorite social media platform and what's your worst and why? Oh, Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Let me know in the comments, too, people who are here. Well, I could say right now my favorite is Instagram. Um, okay. I'm going to get a lot of surprises uh, with this, but um, because they've switched things up, I love the idea that they're no longer just a photo sharing app. Um, mm. Their shorts, I think, are more engaging um, than I like them more than TikTok. I like them more than YouTube. And I think that that is definitely, those reels are a definite way forward for a creator, for communicating with friends and just expressing yourself without all the pressure of making it perfect. It's like informal and spontaneous, like creation, yes. you know? Um, my worst right now, oh, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you totally no. bolt, bolted from Facebook. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. I know. I'm like a Facebook thing. It can start shaking when I'm thinking about it. Um, I can't do Facebook for so many reasons. Um, I'll try to break it down in, in a sane way. There's the so many friends and family on Facebook. At one point, I was delete. I was trying to keep it within 100 core friends and family so I could just keep up with who was there because that was the whole point of having it because we are a multicultural, multi-country family. I've got friends kind of in different places and I love that I can keep up with them. But then Facebook is like, I'm going to just hide things from your feed so you have no idea. And I'm going to push a stranger in front of you. I'm like, what? Suddenly I have, so-and-so has effect, uh, accepted your friend request. I'm like, who's that? I didn't send that. Um, I think Facebook just hijacked me and other people and i do not like that i i am a huge control freak and 
when someone takes the reins away from me, I kind of just want to metaphorically, <laughs> emphasis, metaphorically punch yeah. them. Um, and I mean, that's just part of it. There was just also so much negativity going on on Facebook. Although I know it's a great place for groups and I know that YouTubers have grown their following through you for Facebook groups. Same thing with Skillshare teachers. A lot of them have Facebook groups and communities, but I can't, I can't do it. I'm on Facebook and I swear my eyeball starts twitching. I'm like, I can't do it. Like Mark Zuckerberg, boom. God, I out. I'm done. You, you, you aren't the, you aren't the only one, and uh, that's that's it's it's funny to me because um, I, I once I got around certain things about Facebook, it became my favorite, and ironically, um, and that may be changing now because I'm doing these lives, but Instagram was my least favorite, just because it always felt like I had to show something. It was a showcase. If I wasn't showing in the right way, then my numbers would drop off. And I don't, I'm not out here for likes, but in trying to be social, like starting long, detailed conversations or sending images and pictures in a conversation, it just wasn't happening. So that that's where I was kind of like, oh man, I can't do X, Y, and Z, but over on Facebook, and Facebook basically for me is only groups. I really don't jump on my main feed too much anymore. That's the truth. And you can maybe update your main feed. It's like, hey, everyone, I've got this new thing on my group page if you want to check it out. But Facebook hides it anyway, so what's the point? <laughs> I sound so bitter. To be honest, I, I miss MySpace. I loved the old MySpace before it went all weird and the adverts came on and then crashed my computer because there was too much background information going through and my computer couldn't take it. Um, I thought that was the perfect platform. I thought you had my blog on there. It was like I could update my, my status. I could reach out to friends. Um, I could link a website. And I, I think musicians still use uh, MySpace. I'm not so sure. Yeah, some some of them do, and it's an easy way to um, play their music, but a lot of them have broken away from that and have moved to Instagram and Twitter, and they pump their music through Spotify and SoundCloud. So that's them. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, and uh, Marcella Loves is with you on that one. Her favorite is Instagram, and worst is Facebook. She deleted it, so. The total time sucker, yes, that is. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and the reason I'm, I wanted to bring those up, actually, is because these are outlets and you started some different outlets that you're doing now. You're, you're, uh, you started video, creating videos and under the name Fern the Camper. And then you're also taking that camping brand and starting um, Skillshare courses. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll say course creator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how did that kind of, you decide on that? Because, well, you're obviously in the camper right now. Yeah, I mean, so. I, it's one of the big things that drew me to archaeology was that when we were excavating in the U.S., we'd be in a tent <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's just another excuse to go camping with an archaeology tag attached to it. Uh, so camping is definitely a huge part of me, and I love the idea of filming camping adventures and getting out there and just diving back into that adventure side of me, dragging the family at first, kicking and screaming, um, and then documenting it. So 
Originally, the idea of Fern the Camper was I wanted the brand to kind of pay for itself and fund family adventures. I thought, wouldn't it be great to have YouTube pay enough money so that if we went camping for a weekend, it was covered. Thanks, YouTube. Thanks, viewers. And then we could film it and then we could share that experience. We could share reviews of good campsites versus bad campsites, share the knowledge, and that would also fund another adventure. Um, which sounds totally selfish now that I say it out loud. Uh, but, you know, it was definitely fun. Um, and it, after 18 months of producing YouTube videos, we did get monetized. I keep saying we because my husband and daughter are in the films with me a lot of the time. Um, but it, most of the time, it's, it's me doing all the work. Um, so, yes, I got monetized um, for us. Um, after 18 months, which does pay for campsites. We could probably fit in a good one weekend adventure um, a month with what YouTube pays, except that I got sucked down the get new fun stuff rabbit hole. Uh, so it'll probably be about three years before my stuff is paid for three. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about video equipment. Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some really nice cameras, and oh, look, I need to get a really good lens with that really nice camera. And oh, I better get a gimbal with that, you know, one of those really large, fancy ones I can take with me, which I finally took out on, on my hiking trip recently, which was good. <laughs> All right, so do you find that with, um, and I have a love hate relationship with development stuff, mm. um, so where, where do you fall in terms of like? hey, I need to get started on this project. I can work with what I have now. Or, hey, I really need that piece of equipment, that tool or whatever to oh. to push me forward. And, you know, you can go too far in either direction where, yeah. you know, yeah. you're just stuck trying something and you're like, no, just go get the new piece of equipment. Just go get the whatever. Or you can spend all your time uh, buying courses, buying tools, books, uh, buying you know, camera, lighting rigs, and never really do anything. I am pretty much in the middle, and then I kind of, like, have moments where I branch out to either end. Um, realistically, I think all I needed was just my iPhone and the basic movie editor on whatever computer I was going for, but I always wanted it to be better. I saw some other vlogs that some other creators were doing that I absolutely adored, and I knew they had really high-tech equipment. And I'm like, I want to, I want that. I want, I want to be able to do that. Um, and the editing, oh, oh, that. I want that. Um, so I, I got a laptop, uh, an Apple laptop, just so I could get um, Final Cut Pro for that. And I mean, then I'm like, okay, well, I got this. I might as well get the nice vlogging camera as well. And then I want a good photography camera. And I want to do like slow mo stills of hiking or birds. I really wanted to to like immerse the viewer in feeling like they were there with me and just the awesomeness of being out in nature. And it sounds all exciting when I say it, but my abilities are so minuscule when it comes to portraying what I want to. So it is, it is a rabbit hole. There's always something new and better to get. I am very, um, 
conservative with what I get. It uh, doesn't sound like it. Like I've, I've got my action cam. I've got my vlogging camera. I've also got my really fancy uh, Canon 90D, which is for high quality photographs and for video, like nature shots. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my fancy, I'll show you my lighting system, which is, um, you can see that up there, which is just part of it. Oh, and and, um, and I bought a drone for myself at Christmas, which I haven't yet been able to bring out. You didn't tell me about the drone. I haven't. I've taken it on a test run once, um, but we're in a flight zone, so it gets really complicated. Mm-hmm. I need, like, and I also have a child and a husband that somehow always are needing my attention or in the wrong spot at the wrong time. <laughs> I need like a day where I can take it out in a field. Um, and that just hasn't happened yet. I will get the drone going. It's um, it's a Mavic Mini, the original one, not the, not the updated two. So it's, it's a cheapy, but a goodie, if that makes any sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. So you've got this equipment, you've got a good flow of let me get the equipment, let me start creating. Uh, I've always been um, amazed and I always respected your ability to say, okay, here's here's what I I want to produce and put out. Here's what I need to, you get the mindset down pretty quickly, which is fascinating to me. Get the mindset, get the mindset, get the items in order that I'm gonna create get the get the tools and you kind of start on this process that I've seen and it doesn't take you long from ideation to planning it out to actually getting on the platform because now you've got your short stories on Amazon uh, you've got your uh, you've got your Skillshare courses for referring the camper you know you did the whole publishing thing with actual paper you know so you've already done that um, how does how does that how does your process where did you get your process down or how did you start training it? It's actually really simple. Um, although I am a perfectionist, you wouldn't know it because I'm so sloppy. Uh, I am a perfectionist, and I am never satisfied with what I've produced or what I've done. I know it can always be better, and not in a way that I think, oh, there's always room for improvement. I mean, this is terrible. I got to keep trying harder. Um, but I'm also really impatient. Like I'm more impatient. My impatience outweighs my perfectionism, which mm. me rush through things. So I, it could be better um, if I had taken more time on it. So I've got this little balance scale. So impatience, perfectionism, impatience. Per- and I'm like, yeah, just throw it out. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, that's my method. It's, it's, um, embarrassingly simple <laughs> oh, okay i mean i i get it just that this that tension of you know this is this needs to be perfect and i'm impatient at the same time and it kind of bangs out the process that's what i'm hearing it's like hell i actually sneak open my presents so i can pretend to be surprised later and then i retape them <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i did not say that my husband will never watch this he'll not know <laughs> oh, no like, oh. we will keep it secret Perfect. <laughs> so you know, we were talking about uh, the process, and I think um, I think I, I like hearing about yours because mine's a little messier. Where you know, I'll just kind of hear about something and kind of start messing around, kind of start you know, jiving around with it, playing a little bit here, and then people will ask me, "Well, hey, what's your plan? What are you thinking about doing?" Um, 
and I'll just kind of like, uh, you know, I got to find out what I like about it, what I don't like about it, what I, you know, and I'm just really playing around, experimenting, trying. But then once I hit a certain zone, that's when you see me go in. And that's kind of what I've done here with this IGTV thing. You know, I was doing videos and interviews a little bit here and there and talking about it and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, someone looks up and I am, I think, let's see, 50 something days straight of doing these. You know. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I think my first one is, uh, my first one was messed up because I actually had the camera uh, set up to where after I recorded it, it flipped it to its side. So now I've got this, I've got this video in Instagram where I'm, I'm just standing this way. It's bad lighting. I'm talking. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm on the, I'm on the Zoom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I, I can't stop. Y'all have at least one of those. Um, I remember one of my first videos, which is ironically still one of my best viewed videos on YouTube, was when I was I was reviewing um, it. Was it go anywhere? Clean waste go anywhere? Pooping bags. Uh, so if you're in the camp in the woods, you have a place to go. Um, and I'm like, hey, this is all you need. Pack it. This is what you need. My camera was so shaky. I had gotten a selfie stick because someone said, oh, get a selfie stick. And it was so shaky. There was no gimbal on it. So the whole picture was like this. I had no makeup on. It was the wrong angle. The background was just like all over the place. And I have so many thumbs down on that video, which is fair. And it still gets so many views. And the irony is that even though it's so many years old, people who complained about my video were like, hey, you should try doing this. They give me really good advice that I could have used two years ago. And I'm like, thanks. I, 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 you know, I don't actually do it that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate your feedback. Um, but yeah, two years ago, that would have been handy. But yay. So we all have those first initial shaky, weird videos that go out. Yeah. Then, I, I think. I, I'm totally about getting in there and doing it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind that videos out there. I think it's kind of funny. Um, but I actually really, I have a problem with most people that come in saying, Hey, you should, you know, I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, delete, whatever, yeah. get out of here. Um, but, the, but now I don't put my stuff out in, in that type of way that elicits those responses anymore. Uh, so it's all good now. Um, Real quick, uh, shout out to Shaq's Van Adventures and Fortunate Van Adventures. Hello. Great smiles. Happy days to you, too. All right. So uh, the camper thing, the video thing, the family thing, you're, you're all moving in the, the um, courses uh, most, most recently. What other projects are you pushing for or are we about to see um, more courses or something new? Yeah. What's happening? I'm definitely working on more courses. Um, I'm currently filming for an introduction into hiking because my introduction into camping um, course is going fairly well. And I think the hiking course just kind of companions well with that. Um, there's also going to be how to journal while you're camping um, and like how to find your creative inspiration while you're camping, how to create a short story for your camping adventure <laughs> um, and kind of a spinoff in that way. But I'm also definitely very excited about my new um, short story series that I have on Kindle, which is 
currently the series is just all about, um, well, it's about urban fiction, urban folklore. It's teen werewolves in, in, a, in, a, in a world where there's a huge mix between wolf and human and the transitions that those teenagers go through while they're becoming adults, but also as werewolves. So it's... Uh, Full Moon App was the name yes. of one first uh, story in the series and uh yeah that's about it's about an app called the full moon app and the teenager who downloads it to try to help him transition on his first shift and what could or could not go wrong when you download an app that you don't really know very well <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good premise i like it when i saw the cover you sent me i was like okay that's pretty cool why the hell is it called full moon app um, but that I get it now. I get it. You explained it. I don't really know how that happened. I just woke up one morning. I have a chalkboard in my laundry room, and it's just for like my my daughter's thoughts. I'll walk in. And I'm like, I'll write a name or I'll write a sentence, and I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but I'm doing that. Um, yeah. yeah. One morning, I I walk down the stairs, and I'm like, full moon app. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> one thing uh, I don't know if you're into whiteboards, um, but I found the great thing, and I'm pulling it off my wall here, from 3M. It's these little whiteboard sheets. Those are cool. Yes. So they've got, like, the 3M, you know, no-tear, easy, re-stick technology. So you can slap them on your refrigerator, your wall, your bathroom, you know, by, the, by your toilet if you need to. And I've just been, like, I, I – I've just been sticking them places and just kind of writing little notes here and there. It's the greatest thing. So that's my little tip for the day. You know, I've always got these little things. I like it. That's a good tip. I've yeah. been been the chalkboard and um, I've also been taping up art paper randomly in, in my workroom. So I'll just scribble bits and then take down and put a new one up and scribble. But I like, I like the dry erase boards. Those are really handy. <laughs> Yeah, I started getting I started getting the actual board from um, from Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Not like the not like I, I do have a pre-made kind of you know board with a frame around it and little tray for your markers. Yeah. But I, for for my studio area, I got the big board sheets from from Home Depot, and I just nailed those up. So now I have like haha this huge area just to scribble on. It's keeping the ideas flowing, you know, like you were talking about and uh, my, mine are, mine are probably much messier than yours. I've seen yours. Yeah. You have seen mine. <laughs> Take that judgment. That's right. I'm, I'm like tempted to argue with you. Like no one's messier than mine, but no, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, you remember in our writing group and, and this was pretty fun. Uh, I did just, when I would just start kind of writing, well, this should be this, this should be this. And, you know, putting arrows here and there. I remember Keith looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? I know, he's so organized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I don't write linearly, which is interesting. I had these concepts, I'm like, okay, this will attach to that, and that moves there, and this and that. I have one of my notebooks with me. I have, sometimes I'll write in a circle, and it gets smaller and smaller towards the center. So if I can find that, I think you'll be like, See, I'm trying to outmess you. <laughs> no, it's it's all it's all organized, darn it. All organized. This looks really organized. This is this was from my dot journaling um, phase. 
you, you see you see that everybody it looks like she's got charts and graphs uh you know footnotes and everything in there what are you talking about messy i don't believe you this, this isn't me this isn't me this is someone pretending to be <laughs> yeah look at my goals and benchmarks for youtube <laughs> it goes from monetized all the way to 1 million YouTube subscribers. And I actually ticked off my first sponsor box, which is here. So I was very excited about that. I think they got, I think they must've got confused or thought I was somebody else or something. Cause I'm like, <laughs> but we got it done. I got paid. I'm a sponsor. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do know that you have to get going um pretty soon so i'm going to be i'm totally respectful of your time even though i do want to go on for longer but what is what would you want to let people know about creativity right now and keeping keeping going and you know tapping into their own creative energy what would you tell people from your perspective i think the most important thing is to just do it and keep doing it and no matter how difficult it seems don't be intimidated by your mother or your sister. No, don't be intimidated by anyone that you see. You've got your own style. You just need to slap it out. If it's paint, if it's words, if it's film, just slap it out, do the next one. Create art. It's not up to you to judge it. It's up to the viewers. Doesn't matter if they like it or not. Do the next one, do the next one, do the next one until you hit on the thing that makes you feel more whole as an artist. Awesome, awesome. I love it. Um, Holly, you've got such a great creative energy. I actually had um, fun going through all the notes, figuring out what we would talk about. There was so much, actually, that I had to kind of pare down. So, Thank you so much for having me here today. <laughs> abs absolutely. Um, so aside from, you know, Fern the Camper, where can people find you? Uh, oh, yeah, they can also find me on Skinny Beats, which is my gluten-free vegetarian um, website. That's www.skinnybeats.com, and it's also a YouTube channel. They can find me on um, Kindle and Amazon. If you look up Holly Stacy author, you will find my author page. You will find my um, other author page under Lizzie Drake <laughs> for my historical murder mystery fiction. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. And on Skillshare, you'll find me on Skillshare. I'm, I'm Holly Stacy on Skillshare. <laughs> okay, awesome. I will be I will be linking these up um, in a more comprehensive way than you're probably expecting, but that's going to be on a little bit of a back end kind of thing, and you'll probably see that next week or so. Uh, but I do have all the names here. And by the way, that's for those of you listening. Skinny Beats. That's like the, the vegetable, not like not know, the right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. She's not making beats with a, a slim drum line or anything like that. No, I could have skinny music in the background of my skinny beats website. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. Awesome. Well, it's been it's been great. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you're you're guest number three here, and it's awesome. We're keeping the good energy going. Um, so I'll thank you, and I will see you pretty soon on the internet, Holly. See you there. All right, bye. bye. I'm going to press that little button. I'm pushing that button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that was Holly, Stacy. Uh, thank you all for joining in for this one. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up for the rest of this week. We're interviewing 
uh, game designers, um, 3D graphic artists. We got a, a marketing uh, professional that's going to talk to us about creativity and marketing yourself. So we got a good bunch of guys coming through the entire week. I am here personally most nights of the week, but this is a special week, the Benjacon week, where you get to talk to professionals that I know and have met all through my life and career. So be sure to check the schedule on my Instagram page and check out some of these other guests that we're talking with. Tonight we have Jeff Junio of Jam City. Uh, I don't know if any of you played the little mobile game Cookie Jam. He's the lead designer there. So he'll have a lot to say about that. And also tomorrow we're having show versus business with um, Theo Harvey. And we're going to be talking about the show side of things versus the business side of things and how they actually work out. It's going to be a great time. All right. Thank you all for coming through. Jordan, Marcella loves Nick's picks. I didn't, I didn't forget you. I uh, got here kind of late though. It's okay. Thanks everybody for joining. I'll catch you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit MrBenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.